This is the Six Figure Exit. We are two entrepreneurs sharing how we've shaped our lives and our businesses. Our purpose is to help you grow your business and personal excellence. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Six Figure Exit podcast. I'm Gavin, here with your good friend uh, and my good friend, Carson. Carson, how are we doing? I am doing very good. We are doing an evening show tonight, evening. folks. Short notice, oh. uh, kind of short notice, but... Yeah, it didn't, uh, didn't go quite as planned yeah, the last 11th week. inning, yeah. I would say, before we release this sucker tomorrow morning. Monday <laughs> Monday evening, 6 o'clock here, we're filming the show. I was out of town for the better part of last week, um, down at the Waste Management Open, and then out of town again this weekend. So It I must kinda, be nice. Yeah, you know, I just... <laughs> So I kind of biffed us on uh, scheduling to shoot a show. So here we are, That's all right. the final hour. But we're doing it because we're dedicated, we and we want to add value to your guys' lives, um, and we want you guys to add value to our lives by sharing the show. <laughs> so please get out there and just share this puppy up. Share the heck out of it. Share I mean, the heck out of it. Tell your, tell your neighbors. Tell your enemies. Tell everybody. Tell the grocery store clerk. You know, there's these two guys that sit here and talk nonsense about business and life. I would love to get tagged in an Instagram story of someone just randomly, hey, to the grocery store clerk, you ever watch a six-figure exit? Yeah. <laughs> just total random. Uh, what? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who? <laughs> uh, just some nobodies. Just some nobodies. But what do we want to talk about today, Gavin? We are going to talk about whether or not you need to be intelligent to own a business or run a business and uh yeah it's kind of a i would say it's a it's a loaded question loaded question and it's maybe a controversial in some re- i feel like it's kind of opinionated what's answer. your opinion uh i think just yes or no do you need to be intelligent yeah yes see and i'd almost say no that's because i'm not intelligent yeah i think you are in some form i don't think intelligence is how so how am i smart i love this part what (laughs) i love this part (laughs) well uh yeah uh (laughs) i don't know well i think there's street smarts and then there's like book smarts obviously yeah Yeah, i think i think you need to have at least one of them i think you're better off having street smarts running a business than book smarts running a business really yeah i would agree because well and I mean, this is all opinionated conversation here. This is fact. Take this yeah. as fact. No, but I think that people that are more street smart just can be better leaders because they are more personable or more able to relate to others, opposed to people that are more book smart that are maybe or more introverted or, you know, not able to connect with people as easily. I think. Yeah, and when you say it like that, I mean, and I haven't even thought of about it like this, but street smarts is probably is more so just how you get along with people because you had to be on the streets, you had to be, you know, I mean, I don't know, on the streets, but <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. But build relationships to get ahead instead of actually being book smart and understanding like math. Not not good for me. I just told you earlier I had to Google how to spell fifty because I spelt <laughs> it wrong. Not my strong. Can you suits. write the number fifty? Uh, I can now. Okay. Oh, like that. Like the, the five zero. Can yes, you write that, five zero? I, that I can do. But, um, but I think, 
I think street smarts really is just relationship building almost, isn't it? I think. And then there's obviously, I mean, you know, you're building of things and yeah. Where do you draw the line between street smarts and book smarts? I think it would just kind of come down to like your IQ. But if you like, got to say you got to go build a house and you're looking and you got to draw the plans and you need to know how to draw the blueprints for a house, is that book smart or is that street smart? I think it could oh, be yeah. both. It's probably a little bit of both, but I think I would, a lot of it could come from experience and a lot of it could come from you yeah. just studying. So you could get to the same outcome with two different paths, either studying it or just living the experience of doing it. And you could still have the same outcome or yeah. both have the right. Yeah. Or you. I think a lot of successful business people are really good at finding other people to do the stuff that needs to get done. Building teams. And building teams and like delegating very well and putting people in the right spot. I think that's what creates and separates the, the good from the great. Yeah, and you think that's more of a street smart mentality than a book smart? Yeah, I think a lot for sure because I feel like when I listen to other people's podcasts, it's like Andy Frisella or Ed Milad or whatever, like they always admit that like I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Pretty much everybody around me is smarter than me. And so then like I think it's one of those things like you want to surround yourself with smarter people because they're really great at what they do and they're just kind of hyper-focused in that area. And I think that's what kind of levitates everybody around them too. Well, I think from a business owner standpoint, that's probably the ultimate um, ultimate end game. If you're a street smart entrepreneur, which seems to be always the case, if you're an entrepreneur, you're more of like that street smart instead of book smart and not all the time, but I feel like most of the time it is. Cause it's just like, for me having an entrepreneurial spirit, I couldn't ever stay focused in school. I didn't like it. Like sitting there and trying to read or study was so not you, my thing. You think you're more street smart? Yeah. <laughs> the little bit of smarts I have are from the street, okay. the street, I'll turn my hands on sideways. <laughs> Um, I run these streets out here in Delwood. <laughs> out here in Delwood, yeah. Amen, brother. Um, but I think if you're a street smart entrepreneur, leader of the company, and you can build a team of people, you know, obviously having other good street smart people is good, but if you can build a team of people that are book smart or, you know, a couple of people that are opposite of what you are, that's going to shape up for having a much better team than if it's just you know, a bunch of street smart. Like you want to have a good mix in yeah, every single balance. Business. You got to balance between, you know, people that know more about like the back end finance and, but you also need to have people that are more personal, you know, sales and kind of people driven relationship driven. So I feel like there's, there's a good mix of both when it comes to people that are within the business. But I think uh, at least in my eyes, you know, I'm more street smart. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm not intelligent when it comes to like studying or, you know, doing well in school. I did okay in school, but I never like, was that person that was in the two math classes ahead, you know, type deal. I was kind of just, you know, very average. And also I probably could have done better if I tried harder, <laughs> but I never uh, put the most effort into my schooling, but um, I've always had a great kind of, I don't know. I'm really good at just like common sense stuff. That Well, that's to speak to that. Thinking just like logically, I don't know. To speak to that, just putting the effort in, and it got you through. Back to the question of, do you even have to be intelligent to be in business? Do I mean, do you? There's people out there that I know that aren't. Uh, they're not a lot of either smarts, but they just put their head down and go to work, yeah, and they just work. get stuff done. 
And I mean, they run up not big businesses by any means, but usually them and maybe one or two other people, but they do a great job at it. Um, I mean, do you think you can run a business and not be very smart? Yeah. I think anybody can do it. Anybody. Literally anyone can do what we do. You think so? Yep. If they put their mind to it? If they put the effort into it. So put their mind to it. Yep. This is getting into like a matrix of questions now, but do they, so <laughs> if you, if you're not smart or you don't feel, you don't have a lot of street smarts, you don't have experiences doing things. Um, you're maybe fresh out of school. You weren't good in school, but you never did. Um, so, I mean, we're obviously in the green industry. So you never did landscaping, but you wanted to start a landscape company and you weren't good at school. So you're not street smart in the sense of you've never don't have the experience of doing it, but you're not book smart because you weren't great at school either. Do you think, what, what would your advice for someone in that position be if they wanted to go start their own landscape company, but they don't, they don't have experience doing it. They don't have the street smarts. That's a great question. It's a loaded question. I love it. <laughs> that is a loaded question. What uh, do you do? I would recommend someone that just wants to start. I mean, I kind of even did this. I feel like, like when I started out, I didn't, I mean, I had some light you were experience. Going to college. Yeah. For three months <laughs> for aviation. Was, was had nothing to, I got <laughs> nothing to do with business or landscaping or anything in the green industry. Um, I did have some help experience. us pick up our jet. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be flying it someday. Yeah, um, I did have some experience prior with my dad being in the construction world, and they did some property maintenance and whatnot here and there. But um, a lot of it was just learned through. I've always been a really, I've been really good at just like figuring it out and like taking stuff apart, rebuilding it or watching a video and soaking up that information and just going to, and doing it, like literally just go and do it. And I I would say that's gotten me quite a, quite a way. I mean, I'm so far from where I want to be or could be, but I would say that I've grown a lot in the last four or five years just by living it and doing it and being able to do the work. And it, I would recommend if I were to start over and I would knew someone that was starting out, I would just say, go find somebody that's willing to help you get started. And you can ask questions and um, don't be afraid to ask questions. And I think finding a mentor like that would be huge. Would you recommend that they actually they find find a mentor and start their own thing or work for somebody else as um, you know they could be their mentor and work for them and try to learn that way or do you just dive right into it and start doing it? That I can't answer because I have only done it the one way. You just dove right into it. I just dove right into it. Which I I don't think I regret at all. Just getting started. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for that. I mean, there's so many things that I've done too. Like, granted, I was fortunate to have my family do this my whole life growing up, so I've just been around it. Right. So it's a lot of it has come second nature. But, I mean, there's downsides to that too because you get stuck in ways of doing things and don't realize. I mean, we've had those conversations all the time where I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know why we're doing it like that. <laughs> but um, That's but, how Papa used to do it. That's how Papa <laughs> used to do it. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that, I've just, you know, didn't know anything. Well, swimming pools. We just dove headfirst into that when we bought no that company. No pun intended there. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even know you were saying. You didn't even think of that. Yeah. No, we dove right into swimming pools and, uh, you know, never done them before. We'd had, you know, other contractors do them on our job sites for us and whatnot. But 
never done them ourselves and, you know, bought the company and the guy stayed on for two year or two pools was supposed to stay on for longer, but ended up going sideways. Um, that's a whole different story in itself, but, um, I'm sure a good friend Max will tell us maybe some about that. Yeah. If we can ever get him on the podcast, God dang it. Um, but yeah, we, so we did two pools with him and then just took off from there. Um, you know, and a lot of it was Max, but again, he had never had done that before. And so, um, to this extent, and, uh, it was just a lot of learning. You just learn as you go. But I would say he had a lot of street. We both have had street smarts before that of just being in the industry and doing similar stuff around it where a lot of that transfers over. I feel like just mechanical knowledge of equipment and plumbing and just that type of stuff. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think I'm, I'll speak for myself, but I think that uh, the growth and knowledge that I've gained has just come from doing it, doing the work, learning through the experiences, seriously. And I think, I think I'll, I mean, that's the only way that we'll ever, at least not, I don't know. I feel like that's the way it'll be for me is just doing it and learning from it. And that's how I'm going to grow. I would agree with that. I think I'm that same way. A lot of what I've done has been that more so like on the real estate side, because, um, that's something I had zero ice cold experience ever doing when I got into it. My parents had never really invested in real estate at all, um, or done anything like that. So this was like totally new to me and that, especially with the flipping of homes on that side of it and just learning about the construction on the, you know, we did exterior stuff obviously, but never interior stuff, kitchens, baths, you know, finishing out basements and, you learn so much by doing that. The first flip we ever did took six months. The house was the size of the living room and kitchen we're in right now. And it was tiny, but it took forever to do because we just had never done it before. And every step of the way, you learn something new. But the next flip, half the time. Yeah. And the next one, I'm sure will be less than that. So, yeah, I, would, I mean, it just kind of goes back to everything gets better with practice. Like the more you do it, the better you, the better you get. And I think you got to be able to understand your situation of where you are for you guys listening um, of where you are in life financially and everything else. I mean, if you are, you know, fresh out of high school or even in business for a bit and you want to get into real estate, I mean, diving into something that understanding the risks of, hey, I need to learn how to do this while I do it. So this can't be my only source of income. And just having a very well, good awareness of that, I think is super important too. That's what, when we both of us got into real estate doing stuff. It wasn't our main source of income. Like if we mess that up or it went sideways, we still have a landscaping business or whatever to fall back on and work. You know, I mean, not fall, it just was always there um, generating cash flow. So yeah. I think that's a super important part for people thinking about that. Yeah, definitely. I, f- I feel like uh, having, like you said, Carson, just the awareness of where you're at, like whether you're graduating high school or you're 35 years old and you want to quit your day job to go go start a business um there's a lot of different requirements at li- in life depending on where you're at so you need to be doing it wisely if you're going to jump into business because if you haven't done it before I can guarantee it's going to be one of those things that you're just like whoa <laughs> 
This is harder than I thought. (laughs) Well, that's what most people don't realize how, like what goes into running a business. I mean, everyone thinks it's just, oh, you meet with the person and then you send them a quote and they accept it and you do the job and then you collect the money. Yeah. Well, then what about the taxes and what about the filings with the state? And, oh, do you have insurance? And then, well, who's going to do the job? And then, oh, well, they didn't sign the contract and I did the job anyways and now they don't want to pay. And how do you collect the money? And you know, which attorney do you go to and how do you file a mechanics? Like there is so many different parts that nobody sees when running a business until you are in it and doing it. One of the guys and um, costs and costs. Yeah. I mean, just insane yeah. costs that just little things that nickel and dime you pens and yeah. <laughs> staplers and, for the <laughs> and tires. And then yeah. the guy smashed into this with the skid loader and that's $3,000 and the deer hits the side of the truck and that's $5,000. And then it's always something. It's literally always something. And you got to be able to prepare for that and recover that overhead. But, um, and we don't say that to scare anyone from starting business. I mean, it's not like it's the worst thing ever to, but no, it's just but the, the it's just the reality of what it takes to operate business is not, you know, it's not always smooth. It's not always cheap. And sometimes you lose money. <laughs> yeah. And it's, 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 yeah, not to scare you, like you said, but it's just understand the reality of, you know, there's more that could potentially go wrong than, um, you know, just one little thing on the job or building the job site. There's so many things in the back that people don't see. Uh, even most employees don't see within a company that could go wrong or have gone wrong. And, you know, what are the, what's the, uh, you're paddling like a duck, uh, call them like a duck on the surface, but paddling like hell underneath or whatever that saying is, you know, and the I don't feet know are, heard that one. The feet are going crazy, but the duck just looks like he's not even moving yeah. on top of the water, you know? So, but I think, I think intelligence and the street smart is built once you start doing it, whether you're working for somebody else or, um, whether you just jump into it head first and start working for yourself. And I, I really think that just comes down to what's your personality. If you like me, I could not listen to teachers in school. I just hated the idea of, I don't know, I just um, oppose authority in any sense of the matter. So, um, Is that why you're the boss? Uh, no, I don't. It's not even so much. I just have a certain way I like to do things to an extent. Not that I'm you know closed-minded on stuff, but I just feel like I have a clear vision of what I want out of my life, and I can't get there um, working for anybody else. So... I just like that. I would love to not be the boss and have multiple other people that can, you know, a team of people that can do everything. There's certain parts about being the boss I do like, and there's there's 20% of the job I like, the rest of the job I don't, I don't like. However, the 20% I like, there. <laughs> I like enough or so much, and the reward because of doing that um, makes the rest of it worth it. So and the, the yeah. potential down the road that I see makes, you know, the pain points that suck yeah. worth it. So, yeah, lessons. But, but more than that was, I think you can get a lot of those street smarts just by working from somebody for somebody else too. I know a lot of people that they got into say carpentry or whatever, and they were a car, finished carpenter for a company for five, 10 years or whatever it was, maybe not that long, a couple of years, just to get the basics down and start learning. And then from there they go out and start their own company and do really good with it yeah. after that. So it's kind of what, uh, my good friend, Blake Hogan's trying to do. Oh, is he? he does, yeah, he does finish carpentry right now and for for the man, and now he's trying to branch out on his own and talking about starting a business. And That's awesome. So he listens to our podcast and trying to learn as much as he can about what it takes. Well, cheers, Blake. I hope uh, everything goes well, and if you ever have questions, um, please reach out to us. Yeah, but he already has. Yeah, I know. I've talked to him a couple times, but... Um, 
but there's a great example yeah. where he's working for somebody else, learning the, the uh, trade itself, um, mastering the trade or, you know, getting really good at the trade before he goes out on his own. And I think that's really important too, depending on what you're doing. I mean, there's levels to it. If you're going to get into finished carpentry and carpentry, you need to know what you're doing, right? And you, I feel like, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when you started, you kind of started with more of that lawn care side of it, oh, yeah. which is a little more simple than doing high-end design build work. So it's, you started in a position, if you would have just started as a design build company high-end and tried to sell that with no experience, number one, it'd be hard to sell. Number right. two, you'd have a lot of expenses that you shouldn't have going into it because you made mistakes here and there and you had to learn along the way. But slowly stepping into it, you start a little bit with the lawn and then you do the mulch beds and then you do the plants and then you're doing a design with plants and then you throw a patio in there or a sidewalk and then it turns into this whole, you know, you keep adding these experiences and skills as you go is a really smart way to do that, whether that's doing it for somebody else, which is your safest way because then you're doing it on their dime learning and you're getting paid, you're guaranteed to get paid, you know, you're 20, 30 bucks an hour, whatever it is, whether you make a mistake or not versus doing it for yourself, you're learning and you could make no money or at the end of the day, you could be trying to figure out how to pay the vendors because you screwed up so bad. You didn't, you didn't bid the job right. And there's not enough money. So I think there's, um, two different ways to go about it. It's just totally your appetite for risk at the end of the day. Yeah. And your experience should probably help dictate your appetite for risk of how much experience you have. I do think that if someone, you say you have a person that's book smart and you have a person that's just, you know, street smart more so, um, as a go-getter, I think the person that studies business for a year versus someone that's in business for a year is going to get farther. I mean, you just, you, you can't, I don't think you can really study the experiences. Well, and, I think when, you and when you say study, you mean like college education? Not necessarily. What do you mean study? Well, I mean, YouTube university. Case, yeah. I mean, it's just like, even just like YouTube or like even just courses that are online or whatever. I mean, but yeah, college too. I mean, whether it's finance or business, just general business degrees, I think you're just, you're not going to get as, I mean, I think it'll be helpful to you, but I'm saying if you were just to study business, cause I'm going to start a business and you studied for a year or you had a guy that was in business and was like, I'm going to go start a business and, do it on my own. Figure it out. Figure and it out. Learn through it. I think uh, they're just going to be a little bit more ahead because they got that their year advancement on the experiences that they learned over the course of that one year. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. I do think now if you combine the two of your running the business and learning from YouTube University, um, <laughs> which is what I did, uh, I think that is hugely valuable. I do think when it comes to business entrepreneurship, um, which I didn't even know this until like a year or two ago, but entrepreneurship is actually a course that's taught at school, mm. like colleges that you can take a class and like have a minor or major, whatever they call it in entrepreneurship, which seems so like hypocrit- hypocritically wrong to me because the person that's teaching you this likely has never ran a business, started one, or been an entrepreneur, and they're trying to teach you how to be an entrepreneur instead of you just going and being an entrepreneur and starting a business. And I genuinely think some people should have a pretty serious like mental check of what's your level of entrepreneurship. If you're going to school for it, I feel like your level of entrepreneurship's like on a scale of one to ten, like a four, 
just like what you can withstand. You took that route because it was the easiest route, more or less, less uh, le- least risky. Whereas the person that has um, just the willpower to withstand like really crappy situations, um, you know, a level ten entrepreneur, they're gonna just dive headfirst into it and figure it out. Right? No they're not gonna. Mentality. They're not gonna. Yeah, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm figuring this out. Whether I die, this will be what I do. And they just jump right into it. And I feel like that person every single time is going to beat, no matter how much education, the person that goes to school and can be the smartest person in the world. I feel like the person that has the absolute willpower to just do it and figure it out is going to win every single time. What about the thought of like, you know, working like working too hard or, you know, or you can like work smarter instead of working harder. What about like that concept of, yeah, I think spinning your wheels too much type deal. I think in order to work smarter, you have to work harder. I think a lot of times, unless someone tells you, you have to work hard. And then for me anyways, I'd have to work so hard and be like, why am I doing it this way? There's got to be a better way to do this. And then I would find a smarter way to do it and implement that and then keep working hard on something else until I get to that point. If you never stop working hard, but keep working smarter as you go and learn new things, you're going to win. Too many people, I feel like, take that and be like, oh, well, <laughs> I only worked three hours today or four hours today because I'm working smarter. Well, if you worked that smart for 14 hours today, I guarantee you'd be a lot further ahead than most other people. If you're that smart that you only have to work four hours a day and make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year or millions of dollars a year, imagine what you could make or what you could do if you worked eight to 10 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, in order to be a high achiever, highly successful, you got to be working harder and working smarter. Um, and through the process of business ownership, you got to continually craft, I think your leadership skills and your knowledge in the industry that you're in and just kind of stay up to date and kind of continuously be working on being better and not just in the industry, but like you got to be working on yourself too. Yeah, you got to work. That's a huge thing. And I know we've talked about that on the podcast multiple times, just like your self-development improvement, making yourself better, um, which I think has been huge for for me, certainly this last year. And I think you too. But um, there is something to be said for people that just purely work harder and not smarter. I will say I've seen people do that. I've done that. And I think this last year of with that self-development has helped me realize and implement a lot of things to work smarter, if that makes sense. Um, because you do get burnt out. Yeah. And oftentimes you, when you do kind of reset and kind of, you know, begin to work smarter, begin to, you know, work harder, you're not spinning your wheels, like you said, Carson, burning out. Um, and you oftentimes can either you know, if you take a pause and you, you know, you think about the situation opposes just powering through it, you can oftentimes find yourself in the same position as if you were working harder or maybe even a better situation because you took the time to realize there's a better way to this. And, you know, I'm going to adjust here and then I'm going to work hard through that situation. And that's what, there is major ebbs and flows. And just speaking of that, take a step back comment. I think that's what I certainly did in 2023. In 2022, we had our best year ever. We did 
right around 2.8 million in sales, which was massive growth for us. We were up a million, give or take, in sales, a little over a million in sales um, from the year before. But that was honestly through sheer hard work on my part and forcing it to happen. In 2023, we did 2.2 or 2.3, and we were down in sales. However, I learned more in 2023, I feel like, and have been implementing more things because of that step back and realizing if I'm not working 80 hours a week, you know, my extra 40 hours a week got us from uh, 2.2 or 2.3 this year to 2.8, right? So is it really worth working another 40 hours a week to get us that little bit extra ahead? Or do we need to do stuff to start streamlining, um, being more efficient and implementing things where I can put in another five hours a week and get us back to 2.8 or 3 million? What do I need to do to make that 80 or 40 extra hours a week go to five extra hours a week to get us to that same revenue spot. And the biggest thing with that is what we've realized and you've been a huge help with um, is just implementing systems and structure in the business, sticking to it, and then trying to build out good people and good teams and having the right people because it's, it is honestly mind blowing what good people can do to your team, especially when they're smarter than you at things. Like we hired a new bookkeeper about a million times smarter than I am when it comes to <laughs> QuickBooks and bookkeeping. And there are so many things that I've learned in the last month of just hiring her that like, holy crap, that's been huge for us. And that's going to make us understand our numbers quicker. Thursday afternoon, we've got a financial call with her to just go through January, the month of January and all the finances, expenses, everything just to review. And I've never done that before. But yeah. imagine how great that's going to be going into the heat of the season when every single month I've got a call and we we understand what our numbers are every single month and what we're spending, what um, job costing and stuff like that. I mean, it's going to be huge for us. Yeah. And some of you might be listening, thinking like, wow, you haven't done that already? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we haven't. It was just uh, me winging. Power through, here. baby. Just power through. But that's the work and harder part. Yeah, I mean, it can sure. get you so far, but then you get burnt out and yeah. you're done. And then, then you had the, this reset year is like, okay, whoa, <laughs> yeah. I can't keep doing that. Exactly. Um, and I want to, you know, keep more of that money, you know, because <laughs> when you push hard like that, you're, there's money flying all over the damn place. Yeah. Um, so I think one thing that I wish I would have known when I started out earlier in business and even life is do the front end work and do it really well and set it up, set that foundation for your business, uh, for your life even. And I think it's really crucial that you put the framework, You, like Carson was saying, the structure, the teams, the people in place, and try to really streamline your efficiencies. And um, uh, you, I can guarantee this, the action that you take to put those in place, you're not going to have it right at the beginning, but you're going to learn through that. And I just, I just have been a big, like, this has been really heavy on me the last several months of like, boy, why don't you just put some systems in place and really dial things in so that it's it's almost dumb for someone that you hire to do their job because it's so easy. They just follow this, this, and this. And it's just kind of streamline everything so that the machine uh, is well-oiled and running hot and producing. Well, and I think a good to way to build systems would be um, looking at it from the standpoint, if you are newer to this and you've never done it and you're just learning as you go, 
that might use that as an advantage to building systems because I jumped into everything, growing up around it, knowing how to do it. And for whatever reason, and now I'm looking back at it, well, that was a dumb thought, but it just was second nature to me. And I'm like, well, everyone knows how to build a retaining wall. Everybody, (laughs) yeah, everyone knows how to estimate like how we'd build these jobs and price them and do this and that. I mean, that's just, I don't know, it's just normal. You just grow up around and you just kind of think it's normal, but it's not. And 90% of the people, even if they came from the landscape industry in a different company, they probably do it differently than you do. So it's not normal to them. But if you're newer, use that as an advantage because every time you learn something or, oh, well, this is this is a better way for us to run sales calls or this is a better way for us to um, uh, screen new customers, the, write that process down as you learn it or you know teach yourself or whatever and document it along the way and that's your new procedure. And when you learn like, oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change this in our sales process instead of doing this or whatever, insert that and adjust your standard operating procedure document that you have and update that and keep that as you go. Because when you get, even though you don't, it doesn't do you personally any good right now because you know how to do it because it's in your head. When you hire that first salesperson, here's our expectation document of how we do a sales call. When you hire the first project manager, this is the steps you need to do to be a successful project manager at our company. A foreman, this is how you do retaining walls, this is how you do pavers, this is how you do all this stuff. It's all documented and it's there. I mean, between Loom videos, Google Drive, I mean, there's two pretty cheap slash free resources to create documents and videos or shoot videos on job sites of your training yeah. procedures. And, and like just getting back to just doing it. I mean, you just got to start. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, it might you might feel like, oh, this is dumb. What's well, yeah? It I seems mean, it pointless is, until and then it, it's like okay, you just it's progression. You just get better with time. And it's you, pointless till it's not pointless. Right? Yeah. And like Carson was saying, you you build out these documents or you build out these videos, and then that's what you have for structure in your business that tells everybody else that you know because you're you're not going to be able to do everything on your own. So you're going to have to bring people in, and they're going to have to know what you expect and what you want, and how the finished product needs to needs to come out. And that structure has progressed over the last, you know, five, 10 years or whatever to be perfect, hopefully. I mean, nothing's ever perfect, but near perfect. And so then they come in, they jump into the business and uh, it's, it's easy. I mean, it also limits a lot of mistakes. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's what we realized with adding people, especially as you start adding managers or foremen even, um, they're in charge of something, but if they don't have the confidence and know what they're doing because you haven't taught them or there's not a document of them to refer back to, because let's be honest, you could tell them four times in a row how to do something. <clears throat> Odds are they're probably going to forget one little piece of that and something's going to get a little bit messed up because they just don't have the repetition, the experience of doing it how you do it necessarily. Um, and one of the things to the point of just creating those documents and all of that, um, kind of loop back what we were talking about earlier, if I could change anything in the, you know, my career of doing this from high school till now, honestly, the first year or two after high school, I probably would have preferred looking back at it to go work for somebody else, like a really big landscape company or a construction company and just learn all these different processes and procedures. Cause there's so many different things I've learned just from working with subcontractors or general contractors or other companies that are much bigger than us what they do within their company. And I look at that and I go, Oh shit, that's a great idea. I'm going to take that and we're going to use that now. Um, and just different ways they do things or whether it's even, uh, contracts that they have. But if I would have gone and worked at say like Mortensen construction or, um, 
I don't know, any of these big construction companies, Vite or, you know, Southview Design or somebody like that for two years out of high school and learned everything that they would have done, I would have had so many, so much more experience um, from different fields and just different companies and seeing what they've done to make them successful and could have implemented that back into our company as we grew. And I do think that would have honestly been uh, pretty valuable to go work somewhere else for a year. Yeah, I would, uh, it would be, I feel like it's rare to see someone go out and be seriously intrigued on how the business operates. When they are working somewhere? Yep. Yeah. But if you're going into it knowing I'm not going to be here forever, I'm going here just to learn something. Yeah, I would love it's a different story. I mean, when I talk to other business owners, when I meet with them, it's they probably get pissed, but I'll sit there and pick their brain and just be like, you know what? So how do you do that? And then like <laughs> you just kind of like slowly like inch your tiptoe yeah. your way into like, <laughs> oh, and so like what's the margin on that? And you just okay. What do you what do, you do when? conversation? Yeah, just send me that, you know. And <laughs> but that's that's exactly what I do when talking to and most people are honestly pretty supportive of it, I feel like. And they because they realize they've come from where I'm at, we're at with being younger and getting started in this and they want to kind of help out like somebody helped them at some point, but yeah, just like we're helping you, just like we're helping you guys. And that's why we want you to share the show, <laughs> share the show, <laughs> <laughs> post it up on Instagram. So, uh, the conclusion of if you need to be book smart or street smart, what do we, what do we decide? I don't think you have to be book smart or street smart to start. I think you just need to start. But I like that. You need to have the ability to become street smart and or book smart to succeed. I think you I think you kind of become both. Yes. I'm still working on the book smart part. <laughs> I don't learn how to spell 50. We're still today. learning how to <laughs> spell our numbers. <laughs> we're up to five yikes <laughs> boy <laughs> that's bad but no i like that answer i think uh yeah I, I would say starting is more more important than being smart whether you're street smart or book smart or neither i think you can gain a lot of wisdom just from the experience i think being confident enough in what you're doing to start and I think that comes through experience a little bit. And that's where I would say it for, like I said, in, in my past experience, if you're just getting started, you're coming out of high school, or um, even if you're working somewhere else and it's not even in the field of what you want to do necessarily, it's just a job and you don't like it and you you know want to start your own business, but you have no experience doing that, I, I would go work for someone else for one year. Give it one year in the realm of your entire life. It's not that long. And I can almost guarantee if you pick the right business or the right company, you will learn more in that one year that will help catapult and get you jump started. Because not only if I would have gone and worked for Southview, I would have had like so many different procedures and different things that I would have learned from working at a big, you know, $30 million a year company. So there's number one. Number two, a lot of contacts and other people in the industry I would have met. That would have been huge. And potential employees. I probably would have sniped a bunch of them. But, um, yo, I'm leaving to go do my own deal. Come on with. Come on by. But uh, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. That's kind of mean. But um, 
and then just the confidence of knowing that I could do this at a scale uh, at this big company and I know what I'm selling when I go in because odds are when you start, you're getting into a sales position or you have to be the salesperson because you, you have to be everything, right? And it's hard to sell something if you don't have confidence in what you're selling and you, you don't know what you're selling. It's really difficult to sell. So you got to have that confidence. So I think working for someone else to build that confidence will help your sales process once you get started. Yeah, I don't think it would hurt at all. Yeah. Muy bien. Hmm. What do you think? I'm just uh, like I, I thinking about your comment of going to work for somebody for a couple of years that are the big dogs, going to the big leagues for a couple of years, and then skipping town and starting your own minor league thing. <laughs> minor league thing. Well, I think if you don't have the experience, it's a great way to yeah. get the experience. But I think if you're I don't know. I like got the point I'm at now. Would I learn something going there? Yeah. Would I learn more just by keep doing my own thing and try to make more industry connections with the point we're at? Yeah. I'd just do that at this point. Right. But if I was ice cold getting into it again, you know, young, right out of high school yeah. or even in high school. Well, I we're mean, still yes. young, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Feel it old. We're st- we st- it's funny because we, we're still very like, I feel like we're in this stage of like, we think what we're, we know what we're doing. But then we're going to look back and be like, what the f- <laughs> where are we thinking? That's you know the, what I mean? That's the crazy part. I look back at, you know, when I did start um, in 20, well, I officially tried to start in 2017 doing like landscape design, which ended up just being for my dad. And then 19 is when I actually did start. You think you had knew something. Then you look back at it and you're like, wow, I would have done that so differently. What an idiot. Imagine what we're going to look at. You know, five years from now, ten years from now, look back at what we're doing now. We're gonna listen to these podcasts five to ten years from now. Like, why the hell did we do it like that? Yeah, gonna we're be gonna it. be number one show in the world. In the world. Sorry, Ed. Sorry, Ed. <laughs> Make right. way up on top. Yeah. <laughs> Big dogs coming through. Get that pedestal ready. Yep. We'll take our our medal now. Well, I think that's all we wanted to share with you guys today. Just some past experiences. Um, you little don't bit have of, to be smart, nor pretty, but you got to do the work. Pretty helps, though. Pretty does. I, <laughs> we can tell you from experience, pretty helps. That's where Carson gets his sales from. That's where I get the sales. The but, mustache and Goldilocks. Yep. The hair. The locks. That's what does yeah. it, really. Um. Yeah, hopefully that adds some value to you guys. If you got questions, feel free to reach out to Gavin and I on social media. I know, actually, Gavin, I think you were taking a break from social media. I don't know if you're yeah, back online not, I've now. I've been or? off Instagram and Facebook for... I, w- I went back, actually, on Facebook on my birthday to say thank you for people wishing me a happy birthday. I'm actually I'm I don't, 24 years I, old. Happy birthday. Did I even get a thank you? I don't think I made the cut. Uh, maybe I did. I think, yeah, I did. I, I said thank you. Good. But, yeah, I've been on a little bit of hiatus the last month or so been kind of nice i'm sure it has but our people need us gavin yeah i know so hit us up hit me yeah. up i'm on there I'll, all I'll the time back on there it's literally all i do just sit on <laughs> instagram all day that's his work. work that's my work <laughs> but we appreciate you guys yeah. listening to the show appreciate you sharing the show um i want to actually shout out dan if you're listening um from rbo he's like shared our show multiple times online and i just think that's been great danny hi danny hi so appreciate thank you your brother Really appreciate that. Yeah. Peace.